Hey everyone, thank you for joining us this week on our podcast. We're so glad you decided to tune in. Uh, Last week we began a new series on grace and we began to talk about uh, the grace of God and living under this new covenant of grace and what this means for you as a believer. How How does living under grace affect how you live? Are you subject to the law? And what I want to do this week is I want to go ahead and really begin to dive into some of the covenants that preceded the covenant of grace, and, and we'll start with the Abrahamic covenant. And so let's go ahead and look over at Genesis 12. This is where God goes and, and he establishes his covenant with Abraham. And let's start in Genesis 12 and verse 1. God says, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, in reading that covenant, uh, the first question I want to ask is, what was Abraham required to do under this covenant? What was Abraham required to do? What measure of performance did Abraham have to maintain? And I'm looking here, I'm seeing God's commandment here to Abraham, and it seems like God is saying to Abraham over and over, I will, I will, I will, I will. God's saying, I will do this for you. I will do this for you. And Abraham, it doesn't appear that Abraham has anything to do but just believe that God would do what he said he would do. And and you'll find this throughout throughout the Bible. When you go and you begin to look at the law, uh, the, the law is all built on, it's predicated on, and it's based on If you, then I. If you diligently obey, I will do this. If you do this, God says, then I will do that. Abraham's covenant wasn't based on that. Abraham, our father in the faith, remember that's what Romans calls him. Romans calls Abraham our father in the faith, that he believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. It does not mention his behavior whatsoever. I mean, you see, just just right after this happened, Abraham goes and uh, verse... Verse 19, or no, sorry, verse 10, he goes and he goes to the land of Egypt and he's there and he tells Sarah, or Sarai, his wife, to go and, and tell the Pharaoh, tell them you're my sister. You know, you're, you're pretty good looking. Don't, don't tell them you're my wife because then they're going to kill me and, and, and try to get you. Tell them you're my sister because if you tell them you're my sister, then, then we're both going to make it out of here alive. Abraham, the first thing he does after this covenant, just about, one of the first things that he does is he goes and he lies and, and passes his wife off to, to be his sister. And in verse, uh, verse 18, Pharaoh called to Abram and said, what is this you've done to me? Why did you not tell me she's your wife? And, and the God, you know, there, there were plagues that came on Pharaoh's house and all of these different things because Abraham, while he wasn't under the Mosaic law, it's still wrong to sleep with another man's wife. You know, that, that's, that's something that's, that's under the, the law of God. That doesn't change. But Abraham's here, and, and he's not even going and, and living his life in the way that, that we would choose. Yet our father in the faith was believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Abraham's covenant, I mean, you see repeatedly. He, he went and he, he does all these things over and over again. And um, verse, verse 13, or chapter 13, after God promised to bless Abram and make his name great, and he'd be a blessing to all nations. Uh, in chapter 13, verse 2, it tells us that Abram was very rich in silver and livestock and in gold. And what, what did Abram do to, to deserve this? What did Abram do to receive all these blessings? He, over and over again, you see that he did two things. Paul, Paul writes to us repeatedly in Romans. He said he believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. The only thing under the Abrahamic covenant that was required of Abram 
of Abraham was to believe God. And, and that is the same standard that we are under, under the New Testament. Go ahead and take a look over at Galatians chapter 3 and verse, uh, verse number 6. It's a, or let's, let's go ahead and back up to verse 5. It says, Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And now he's going to go and bring this right back to the Abrahamic covenant. He says, just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Therefore, know this, only those who are of faith are of the sons of Abraham. Only those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. The the Israelites in the Old Testament, they would refer to God as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, And for that time, they were the children of Abraham. They were, or they still are, the natural children of Abraham. But Paul is telling us here by inspiration of the Holy Ghost that only those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. Verse 8, the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying this, in you shall all nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. All all that we have to do to be blessed with Abraham's blessing, to be blessed with believing Abraham is to believe. Let's go ahead and take a look at Romans chapter 4 now. Romans chapter 4, and let's go ahead and, and look at verse 1. And again, we're looking at Abraham, our father in the faith, and his covenant with God. What was it based on? Um, let's go at, yeah, verse 1, chapter 4, verse 1. What shall we say then that Abraham, our father, is found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about but not before God. So, so he's saying if Abraham, if Abraham was justified by his works, let's throw that out there. If Abraham was justified by his works, he could boast about having done something. He could have boasted and, and said, look at what I did to deserve this. And this is where a lot of Christians are hung up today. They say, look at me, look at how good I've been, look at what I've done to deserve this. But it says this in verse three, what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but debt. And we'll find when we go back to uh, the, old, the old covenant, the Mosaic law, the Mosaic covenant, that the, the works of the law were, were works of the flesh. It was, it was works to try to make yourself righteous, works to make yourself holy. But grace, you see here, grace was working in the Abrahamic covenant, this remember this language is God says, I will, I will, I will, I will. Not if you, then I. God says, I will. And grace has gone and made Abraham righteousness just because all he did, all he was faithful to do, all that he stood on was, I will believe God. And when I believe God, it will be accounted to me for righteousness. Verse 5, but him who does, who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Him who does not work. Now, this doesn't mean we don't go and do good works. James tells us that faith without works is dead. And you see, this is where, where grace can go and get taken to error. We say that we're under grace. We don't, need to, we don't need to do anything. We don't need to do anything at all. Whereas that, that's not ex- what was said in the scriptures at all. Paul said that, you know, under grace, we would go and do more. He said that I, I preach this gospel of grace and, you know, the, the church council, they, they found it hard for them to receive, hard for them to understand. But the only thing we ask to you is that you remember the poor. And Paul says, yeah, that was in my heart to do the whole time. 
the, the works that we have to do under the, the new covenant of grace are not works to earn righteousness, works to earn right standing with God. These works, rather, are works where out of our faith, out of our love for God, it flows out of us. These works, the, these, these acts of faith, these are a response to the goodness of God. It's not a, I need to take care of the poor to be justified. It's a, God has been so good to me. Look at what God has done to me. And because God's been so good to me, I'm going to show that goodness to others. Now, verse 5, him to, who does not work but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Verse 6, just as David describes the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. Notice that. He imputes righteousness apart from works. Under this new covenant of grace and under the Abrahamic covenant as well, you see it wasn't, Abraham's covenant wasn't based on what Abraham did. It wasn't based on his attempting to measure up and, and hit the mark and, and have the right, meet some sort of uh, standard with God. No, it was, you believe me and I will give you righteousness. Apart from your works, I will give you righteousness before you ever complete a righteous act. Before you ever perform a righteous act, I will give you my righteousness. That is what God said to Abraham. Blessed are the lawless, or blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and uh, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Verse 9, does this blessedness come upon the circumcised only or upon the uncircumcised also? For we say that faith was accounted to Abraham for righteousness. Now, this is, this is really important here because when the church was first starting out, they, they were really under this opinion that Gentiles, uh, about 15 years after, after Jesus went to the cross, Peter went and he went to Cornelius' house, and they, they finally got the light that Gentiles could convert to a grace-based form of Judaism. And one of the conditions for this conversion was they, they believed, there, there was a huge argument in the church, do these people need to be circumcised? Uh, do they need to follow the law of Moses? And Paul goes and answers this question here when he's talking about Abraham's righteousness being accounted to him. Abraham's covenant, it says, how then was it accounted? How then was this righteousness of Abraham accounted? Was it given to him while he was circumcised or uncircumcised? not while circumcised, but un uncircumcised. So he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith that he had while still uncircumcised, that he might be the father to all those who believe, though they are uncircumcised, that that righteousness might be imputed to them also. Abraham did not become circumcised as an act of the flesh. Abraham did not become circumcised because he was trying to measure up to the law. Abraham's circumcision was a response, an outward sign of an inward reality. Where have we heard that before? That, that sounds an awful like, like how we describe baptism in the church today. That, that baptism, what it is, is it's an outward sign of an inward change that's already taken place in your heart. And, and this is what God, God is saying that Abraham was doing here. It, this, he was the father of circumcision, not only to all those who were circumcised, but also to those who walk in the steps of the faith, which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. The faith that he had while he was still uncircumcised. And let's, let's go ahead and look over back again at the book of uh, Genesis. And 
Abraham, you see, Abraham wasn't even circumcised until, until years later on. Let's go ahead and look at chapter 15 and uh, of the book of Genesis. After these things, verse 1, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision and said, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Notice again, God is saying, I will, I am, I am for you, I'm on your side. And Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless, my heirs, the house of Eliezer of Damascus. Abram said, Look, you have indeed given me no offspring. Indeed, one born and in, not born in my house is my heir. Or one born in my house is my heir. Verse 4, Behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who shall come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward the heaven and count your stars. Count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to them, So shall your descendants be. In verse 6, He believed in the Lord, and he meaning God, accounted it to him for righteousness. All of this is, is accounted to God for righteousness. And it wasn't even until after this in, in chapter 17 where Abraham, where, uh, Abraham even, even began to, to be circumcised. The Lord first appeared to him at 75 years old, and then at 99, <coughs> excuse me, at 99 years old, that's when he goes and decides to, to make this decision and get circumcised. It, it took him 24 years before he went ahead and did this. 24 years before he went and made this this sign of, of the change that had occurred on the inside of him. This whole time, God is justifying him by faith. God is justifying Abram by faith. He is our father of the faith. He is our, This is our pattern here in the Old Testament. This is our pattern, what we are to look for, what we are to look to as new covenant believers. We are to look not back to the law, but back to Abraham. Look back to Abraham, the father of our faith. And it's, it's, it's so fascinating if you go and read this whole story, and I wish we had the time to go ahead and do this. But uh, Abram, his whole belief, his whole... Uh, his whole walk with God was based not on if you, then I, but his whole walk with God was based on, I will bless you. I will be your exceedingly great reward. I am for you. And this is the kind of thing that God was doing for him over and over again. And I think it's very important that we go and we see that Paul looks not back to Moses. Paul doesn't go and look to Moses when he's going and explaining the, the new covenant of grace to us believers, he goes and he brings it back to Abraham and said, Abraham is our father in the faith, for he believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. That is what we are to believe as New Testament believers. Well, thank you so much for uh, for being here with us this week. And if you, if you get a chance, go ahead and check us out on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, at By Grace International, By Grace I-N-T-L, on all the social media handles. You can go and check us out on our website, bygraceinternational.com. Please feel free to go ahead and um, sign up for our emails. If you go ahead and do that, we'll, we'll shoot you over a download link to a message that I preached a few months ago called Faith is Not a Formula. And I, I believe that that will radically change your life. You know, that, that belief in God is not boiled down to, I find a scripture in the word and I confess that specific scripture over that specific situation every specific time, but rather faith in God is listening to God, what would you have me say over this situation? And it may be that verse, but it may be something else entirely. And, and I talk about how the Lord went and led me in different situations and, and, and 
guided me and directed me in some specific situations that might have looked the same on paper, but in reality were fundamentally different. And as God went and led me and guided me and directed me, I was able to walk in the fullness of what he had for me. So go ahead and uh, bygraceinternational.com, sign up for our mailing list. You can become a monthly partner with our ministry as well. And, uh, you know, as you go and as you, as you give into this ministry, you know, we believe that God will uh, lavish his blessings on you, that he'll continue to give and bless you. And as you go and give to us, you're helping us reach people around the world with this truth of the grace of God. And I hope you join us again next week as we continue this message on grace and we begin to dive into the Mosaic Covenant and look at what, uh, what the Mosaic Covenant was and how that differs from the way that we're to live as believers today.